Are you currently trying to find your path for the long term? Maybe the business you're in is not what you're fully passionate about anymore and you realize there's a different mountain you want to climb. While a lot of us initially get into business based on an opportunity that presents itself or simply because we're broke and we want to make some money, what often happens is that our priorities in life change. And that has been the case for me, which is why I sold my e-commerce business. And it's also the case for many of my friends that are going through the exact same transition. Today's guest is Wade Alters, and we dive deep into what led him from being a world-class dating coach, teaching tens of thousands of guys all over the world, traveling the world, and living the dream lifestyle to taking a leap of faith to quit, start his own ventures, and find his path. Now he's an executive coach, copywriting genius, and marketing consultant for high-profile influencers. And today, we're going to discuss his journey from dating coach to what he's doing now, why you usually have to get worse first in order to get better long-term, how to cast your vision and find your path, how to overcome impatience and stay committed, and why your 20s are the time to take your biggest risks. So without further ado, let's just dive right into it. Yeah, I'd love to talk, know more about uh, your transition from the dating coach where you've been for many, many years. You've traveled around the world. I don't know how many times. I don't, I don't know how many countries you've been to and how many guys you've actually taught. And then actually taking that step back and, and going your own way as, as a lifestyle coach or a life coach for entrepreneurs or also now marketing consultant. So what, the, what did that journey look like for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the big thing, really what it came down to was, I mean, if I'm honest, it was, I loved, it was the best thing to do in the world. You know, you're traveling the world, over 40 countries, things like that. Uh, going, and it was all like marquee cities. And I was getting paid to basically go out and party and meet girls, which was amazing in your mid-20s and stuff like that. But then... About the age of 28, and I've seen this with a lot of clients as well, is that your goals start to evolve a little bit where you start realizing, oh, I'm not going to be young for forever. You all of a sudden start having weird little pains in your sides and realize your own mortality and your friend's parents start dying and things like that. And so you start thinking, wow, my parents aren't going to be around for forever. And so I think you kind of shift from like egocentric and really trying to figure out who you are to thinking about could I actually provide for someone beyond myself? And so that for me really led to, if you want to be a successful coach, you have to be passionate about it. You have to be like diving into the trenches and learning more and more and wanting to have a girlfriend and things like that. The type of coaching that I was doing was very much focused on cold approach. You see a girl, how do you instantly build attraction and kind of move that forward? And so me wanting to have a relationship, I just really kind of got burnt out on teaching that. And so the only way that I found out was really kind of like, okay, let's take a step back and go, well, what am I still passionate about? And the thing that's really cool is to be successful with women, you have to become a more self-aware, self-conscious, like high consciousness person. And so I was super into all the self-help and kind of, uh, you know, just with myself, but also that's what made me a great coach. So I'm like, okay, I think I can do this with other people. And really what happened was is to get off the road, I launched my first course online. And that success was kind of, I felt the missing piece where I'm like, okay, now I can teach business because I've proven that I've had this, you know, very successful, like multi six figure product launch. And so I'm like, okay, I can teach everything now. And that's what kind of made me jump into my own world and uh, more the, the life coach and the self-development business versus just dating. 
Yeah, the cool thing is um, you're still a coach and, and the, the audience that you were uh, kind of targeting was, was still very similar, right? Um, but what I've seen is that when people start to go their own route or a different path, usually you have to get worse in the beginning in order to get better in the future, which is, or, or better long-term, which is, yeah, sometimes a hard step to make. That's why so many people stick to what they know. And obviously you've taken that, that different path. So what did that journey kind of look like? Were you like, when you, when you started your own thing, were you like, oh, is this the right thing? And, and uh, maybe you realized, oh, maybe I should have stayed, I would have, should have stayed with that, with, with RSD. I should have um, kept being a dating coach. And uh, yeah, what did that journey look like? Yeah. Uh, so definitely, I like the analogy where it's like you're on top of one mountain and you've worked so hard to get on top of this mountain. And then the second, once you get on top of the mountain, you see this whole other mountain over there that's twice as tall and more beautiful and amazing. But the thing is you can't just jump from one mountain to the other mountain. You have to go down the first mountain to get up to the second one. And that's definitely the case that I had for this too, where it was definitely really challenging when I'm trying to teach success and struggling to get by, you know, and also coming from a business where they had a big team of people. And so I thought that I had to start off and have a team so I had up to six employees very early in the business when the business could not afford that. And I was doing it, I didn't realize at the time, but it was a very sort of ego-based decision. And so then I'm there like eating ramen noodles. And even though the business is doing fairly well because of the brand I had in the past, that money is all going out the door to staff and things like that. And so I'm like, yes, I'm so successful and things are going so well and you can achieve so much and trying to inspire people. Yet I'm going further and further into debt, which I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, it happens a lot in the self-help world to where, you know, you feel this weird little incongruence of as the guru trying to teach success and motivation, stuff like that, right? So it was definitely in the end, now that I'm on the other side of it and I'm on what I believe to be, you know, I'm still trekking up that second beautiful mountain, but I've reached a higher plateau than I ever did with the first mountain, you know, keep that analogy going. And so in the end, it was totally worth it, but it definitely took a lot longer than I expected. And that's something I see a lot of people that have a day job and then they quit their businesses or they quit to start their own business. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I've helped a bunch of people quit their jobs. And I'm like, give me your business plan for the next year. And every single one of them is like, okay, based on how this is going to go, you know, I'll get to 10K a month pretty fast within like three to four months. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be, I think it could be a seven figure business within like the first 18 months. And it's always a struggle because on the one hand, I don't want to shatter their dreams. But on the other hand, I just know I've seen it dozens of times now that there's so many little things that you'll never be able to predict. And it's the old Grant Cardone 10x rule where it's 10 times more work than you expect it to be to really get success you want. Because there's all these sort of deductive things that you have no idea about. you know. And I'm sure you had this for yourself where it's like, I remember for me, like one of the early ones was just trying to figure out how to create a membership site. And I mean, I understand HTML really well. I understand CSS and I could set up the WordPress site. But I tried in the course of a week, probably 50 to 60 hours, four different membership plugins. And at the end of it, you know, setting it up, putting some content in, testing them out. I didn't like any of them. And so I'm like, okay, I just worked for 50 hours, worked my ass off, and I literally have nothing to show for it other than five plugins that don't work. And so that first sort of six months to year to even two years in your business, I call it like the, the two-year slog. It's just, it's tough, but you just got to 
you know, put your nose down and like get through it, you know? So I know you've been through that, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about that, uh, at length. I mean, um, and it is really for me the same, same situation. I I was in e-commerce. I had a good baseline of, uh, you know, foundational knowledge and I could have like not to sound arrogant, but I could have easily built another seven figure business because I've done that before and sell it again. And if I was in e-commerce again, I would go for the eight figures and uh, I would have done that as well. But uh, I took a step back and I saw that other mountain, just like you said, and I realized I don't want to be in e-commerce. I want to do something where I'm around people. I want to build a community. I want to build something. And um, the first goals that I set were like way too ambitious where I'm all about setting big goals and, and being ambitious and, you know, uh, stretching yourself. But there was that, I, I, I actually got humbled because I needed to realize I there's so many skills that I don't have and um, I need to learn them first. I need to put in the work and I need to uh, develop these skills. And there was a lot of impatience, a lot of impatience. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's probably something that you see with a lot of your clients as well where especially nowadays with the millennials, we want things fast. And uh, like you said, the 10X, the 10X rule takes 10 times more work. That is definitely true. I had to recommit myself again and again saying, take your time. This is going to take time. Don't, yeah, don't expect things to happen too early and, and put in the work. And yeah. So what's, what's something that, uh, what are some other things that you see in your clients? There's that impatience, for example. What are some other recurring patterns that you see? Yeah, I definitely think what's funny, you talk about the e-commerce and I think it's interesting how if I've, I feel kind of a little bit, I'm becoming the old wizen man in the internet marketing world of kind of being there at the beginning when it was like people were slinging a cyberries and you could get somebody's credit card and direct it to Bangalore. And the only way they can cancel their subscription is if they like cancel the credit card because the FTC hadn't, this is like 2008 or 2006 maybe. And seeing that, not understanding anything about marketing, so not jumping into that world yet, and then kind of seeing the different sort of iterations of or the phases. And so I definitely think for a while there, the last couple of years, e-commerce became really big because just the way the supply chain worked and how Alibaba came around at the right time. I think there was just this little, a perfect storm to where it's funny because the same thing happened to me with the product launch. So the thing that gave me the confidence to leave as a dating coach and start my own business was I had this hugely successful product launch. And so looking back now, years later, I didn't realize I just was the first one to do it in the industry. And there was a such a massive pent up demand. And then what happened afterwards, all of a sudden all the other instructors saw what I was doing and they're like, shit, I'm going to do one. And I'm like, well, if you do it, triple the price. Cause I made a huge mistake of charging way too little, but I had to be the one to make the mistake. And all of a sudden, you know, half a million dollar launches, million dollar launches and shit like that. And so that was right when I left and I'm like, I'll go do that in my own business. And it was the mechanics of understanding that piece I got. So it wasn't the fact that I failed at doing the, the tactical mechanics, but I didn't know all the other things that went into it. Like the brand that had been developed for 10 years with that business. And also just like, and even today, if I tried to do that exactly the same, product launches are everywhere. Everyone's doing products and creating online courses and stuff. And so the market has evolved and shifted. And I think it's the same thing, even e-commerce, maybe not e-commerce per se, but Facebook advertising, even in the last six months to 18, ever since kind of the last US election, there's been a huge shift in, you know, the use of Facebook ads and weird little disapproval bullshit and stuff like that. And so it's, 
and you can't, a lot of times you can't figure it out till after the fact of just being like, okay, was this a one-off? I hit the little window, perfect timing. And then being like, can I replicate this and do it again? And if that's not the case, then you just got to go, okay, this is a skill set like anything else. And I'm going to learn legit business stuff here and really kind of do this again, you know? Um, and so I guess that was kind of a roundabout thing, but to get to your question, uh, related to patience, I truly believe the opposite side of patience is self-trust. And so if you believe in yourself strong enough, and so that impatience, it comes from shit. Am I a fraud? Like, can I really do this? Like, is it really possible for me? And if you focus more on believing in yourself and building that confidence and leaning on the pillars. And so when people ask me, they're like, how were you, you know, being in my thirties made it even more challenging and, and having all these successful friends that are killing it around me. And I'm fledgling along, spending more money on payroll than, than I have. It's hard to go, well, what, what led you to keep going? And a lot of what it was, was the success I had in dating was, I mean, that was probably the biggest thing. I'm like, if I was able to master this, something that I never thought there was such a thing to master, like you just dealt a certain deck of cards and the girl you get is the girl you get to realize that's a skill set, and you can become as successful as you want. Once I proved that to myself, it's just the same thing when it comes to financial freedom or entrepreneurial success and things like that. So that was one of the biggest pillars to lean on. And then the other one, and this might tie in well to what you're doing, is having people around me to be like, you're on the right path. Having mentors, you know, having friends that have done what I was trying to do, going, you're, you just keep going, man. You got a great thing here. You just got to put in the time. You're in the trenches. Just keep at it, you know? And so that's the other, I think every entrepreneur, you're just kind of, you know, grasping for straws to be like, is this reality actually, is this a smart thing to do? And so, yeah, you, it's hard to do that in a vacuum. So that was the other thing that really pushed me through too, you know? Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about the, the other factors that play into it. And yeah, timing is a huge factor. Are there other people doing product launches as well now? Is, is, it, is it a new thing or is the market already evolved to the point where there's so many, you're just one of those people? And uh, the same thing happened in e-commerce as well. So looking back now, when I got into e-commerce, it was a really good time. Not saying that, getting into it now is hard or you shouldn't do it, but it's just a completely different game. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I had it way easier starting back then. And that's what most people don't want to say. Like they don't want to take luck into the equation, but luck always plays a role in everything. Of course, you know, you get more chances to get lucky if you work hard, but um, yeah, um, I, I love that, 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 that thing of self-trust and, and impatience. And that's uh, the opposite or kind of like the antidote and uh, yeah, that's something that I had to lean on, lean on as well because I thought, did I just get lucky with this e-commerce thing now? And uh, yeah, it's definitely really important to have people around you that, that support you in that and, and can tell you, nah, dude, you're fine. And I guess, um, you know, Tony Robbins says it's 80% of, of everything is psychology and 20% is just the mechanics. And whether that's a product launch or e-commerce or whatever vehicle you're using, that's just 20% of it. But if you have the emotional juice to actually follow through and you know why you're doing it and you're passionate about it, like you said before, uh, I think you're always going to find a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's just like, you know, the old think and grow rich where you just look at, you're on one side of the brick wall, the success is on the other side and just you, being a jackhammer and you're just fucking hitting the bricks until all of a sudden sooner or later, 
you break through. You don't know which brick is the brick that's going to get you to break through. But if you want it bad enough, and I think that's the other thing about, I know you feel this way too, with like the second mountain is usually the second mountain is the one with like purpose and it's like a legacy sort of business. So it's like, who, who cares if it takes you 10 years to get there? You know, who cares if it takes 20, 30 years and you got to, it, it's worth it in the end. If you're just doing it for money, you'd be doing the, the stuff you used to be doing, you know? And so I think that's the other piece too, of just being, reminding yourself, why am I doing this? What is this for? You know, and those are the, and again, you know, it's just, like I said, it, it's, it is especially the internet entrepreneur. You're just staring at a laptop all the time. And so you need to find things outside of that environment to connect with, to be like, this is not weird. You know, especially everyone else has got a day job and they're like, why don't you just go back to work? Or you're thinking, oh, it'd be so much easier and there'd be so much less volatility and stress. But it's just being like, hold on, what is the end goal? What am I really trying to, and really focusing on that. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I know so many guys in e-commerce who started out exactly like me. They wanted to make money, which is cool. That's what you probably should be doing in the beginning if you're broke, Um, or it's definitely a really good way to start. But then they all want to transition out of it and actually do something that that they like. And oftentimes it's something completely different. And um, yeah, I I like the question that you asked me once where you said, if this took you five years, to, to finally get it off the ground and, and do something that you really love, would it be worth it? And just thinking about that was like, yeah, like that's, that, that really put things into perspective. And that's a question that, yeah, that I asked myself, uh, is it really, you know, is it really worth it five years? And it's, it's, yeah, it's totally, yes, it's definitely. And yeah, I've, I've been through a similar period now where I'm trying different things. And just like you said, with the jackhammer, just trying to find the brick that, that makes it break through and, and uh, things have evolved so much and there has been so much back and forth. Um, but in the end, you're going to find a way to, to get somehow closer to it. And I know you'd like to talk about uh, the subconscious mind as well and the law of attraction. So, so many people think all oh, law of attraction is this woo-woo stuff. But I mean, there is, for me, I always say there's a scientific side to it, which is simply the subconscious brain. It's you tell your subconscious brain what you want and it's going to pick up with the reticular activating system. It's going to find some sort of way. So what are some of the things that, that you have kind of like manifested into your life? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I, I feel like when I have a bunch of coaching calls, I had a bunch of calls this week. So it's always like themes and one of them came into with success barriers specifically. And so I think like you talked about, I'm, I'm definitely on the same alignment belief wise of law of attraction is a great way just to explain the connection between the conscious and the subconscious. And so I had one client, he's like, I need to become a millionaire. And I'm, I decided I'm stopped going to the gym and I am staying in the shitty little apartment until I have a million dollars in the bank. And I was like, okay, it's a number. What's the point? You know? And the thing is, is what I said to him, and this is kind of me sneakily just being a coach, is I've noticed this time and again to where your subconscious basically puts blind spots up for you of saying, if you can't even create a well-balanced life where you're currently at, how are you going to do that much better if you had 10 times as much money leading to 10 times as much complexity in your business and 10 times as many employees or angry customers and stuff like that? You can't even figure out how to go to the gym or eat healthy now. And so I've noticed time and again, if you get, even if you're making 30 grand a year, get your budget on point now, get into the gym consistently now, 
And weird enough, all of a sudden, oh my God, this new amazing client came along. Or oh my, oh my God, all of a sudden I just doubled my revenue. What happened? It's, it's like the law of attraction. It's like you proved to your subconscious that you can handle that level of responsibility. So it's like now you can have more responsibility. And you know, responsibility is direct correlation to financial freedom and stuff, right? So I think um, that's like, I, I think one of my favorite examples of where the opportunities, like you said, the RAS kicks in, those opportunities are there, but you're just not able to see them. You know, I think that, and I guess the other big one is like, there's a reason why every sort of, at least what I think proficient or good course in the self-help world, what is the first thing they do? Create your vision and really clarify the vision. And it's amazing how just clarity gives everything. You know, one of the, my top 10 books and for a lot of people, it's their favorite book that I recommend them is The Psycho-Cybernetics. And just because it's so good at really fleshing out how to create that clarity of vision and you, your brain doesn't know what to move towards or make decision towards if it doesn't know what you want. And so many people are living their life through the rear view mirror of going, well, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. And then they're confused why they end up in a place that they're still unhappy. It's because you never really took the time to take a step back and go, well, what do you want? But then also the other piece too, what we talked about if we keep the dual mountain analogy going, is once you get off that first mountain, you have to go back and create a new vision because a lot of times the vision evolves to where, you know, for me recently, I've shifted from, oh, I want this giant seminar business to more, I've been having a lot of fun doing like these really epic sort of uh, copywriting, sales funnel creation agency work almost for clients and stuff. and. I'm realizing I'm loving it more. I'm better at it. And there's like royalty agreements and revenue shares and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, this is pretty sick. Instead of having like 8,000 people at this event or something and I like have to get this huge space and have like 50 people. I'm like, I can just kind of get really good at copyright and do a couple projects. And then like they do all the work and I, when it keeps coming in, that's pretty sick. And so all of a sudden I'm like, that's awesome. But if I want to commit, let me actually spend like four hours on a Sunday afternoon and really like, eyes closed, experience that life. What would that look like five years from now? And how would that propagate out and being like, is this the life that I actually want to live versus just being like, this seems pretty cool. Let's go. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They just kind of take the path of least resistance. And then they're like, oh my God, how did I end up here? What happened? Why am I not happy? You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really does start with setting that, setting that first vision. And I mean, it, yeah, like you said, everyone talks about that. First of all, you got to you got to have a vision. Also, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's the first thing he says in his speech, right? The vision. And um, once that subconscious mind starts working on it, um, obviously, you need to actually be in touch with it. You need to be in touch with uh, intuition. This is kind of like the, the, the language that subconscious mind speaks. And uh, I remember you talking about how you got more and more in touch with that. And uh, frankly speaking, I'm still figuring things out. When I'm when I'm about to make a decision, I'm like, okay, what's my intuition telling me? What's, is that the mind speaking or is that my intuition? So I'm still figuring things out. Um, so what, what did that process look like for you? Because intuition is it's such, a, such an underrated topic. People think, oh, you just listen to your feelings. You got to be logical. No, actually, people like Jeff Bezos or Richard Branson or any of the top entrepreneurs, they all make the most important decisions based on intuition, even if they can't logically explain it. So what did that uh, process look like for you? Yeah, I'll say this from a total uh, random outside example. But I remember back as a dating coach, 
one of the, the sort of windows of opportunity is when is the girl ready to be kissed? And so the classic thing was always, how do you know when she's ready? It's you feel that intuition kick in and then you want to immediately implement based on that hunch and see if you're right or wrong, you know? And I remember for me one time I was at a pool party and it wasn't even drinking or anything like that. And it was like one in 1 PM. And this was like, I was like in the throes of being single and going out like six nights a week and stuff like that. And all of a sudden I see this girl and I'm like, that's the, the kiss me face. Like she's ready. And I'm like, trust the training, like trust the instincts. So I went for it and it worked. And I was like, this is amazing. One, like what created this? But also it just made me so, we go back to kind of the self-trust. I was just so, I had such a strong trust of when that instinct kicked in, I tested it so many times that I had proven it that I'm like, take action on it. And I, I do, yeah, from what you said, like for me, if people ask, what is sort of some of the biggest skills or lessons you've learned along the way is like going off on your own and starting a business. And one of those is for sure the ability to act as fast as possible on that instinct and on that sort of gut in gut into like gut instinct, intuition, whatever you want to call it. And so I've learned like whether it's, hey, I need to let go of this employee or I need to fire this client. Or it's always the shit that you don't want to do, but you know that you need to do. And every time I've finally made those decisions, I go, damn it, I wish I would have done that six months ago. I knew I needed to do that, but I didn't do it. Like I needed to raise my prices or something like that. And I was afraid to because I thought clients would stop coming to me or something. But those are the things that the reason why they're scary is because of the that's the thing that's going to push you forward the fastest. Like it's going to that's going to double, triple, five x your business. And so I've learned to just be like, I need to trust those things. And then on the other side, the fastest way to grow is through failing. And so that's the other. It's just a great signal of being like, hey, here's your opportunity to learn a great lesson here. Either you're going to double your revenue or you're going to fail miserably, but you're going to learn really well from it. And so, yeah, 100% is the ability of just when you feel it, acting as fast as possible and realizing that even if you're wrong with that decision, you're still sculpting it. Again, if I go back, this is what was great about the pickup. This is an awesome, I need to turn this into a podcast myself or something. It's like uh, the ability of even if every time you go for the kiss, you only are successful because you go for the kiss and you get it and it reinforces the interaction or you go for the kiss and you don't get it as long as you don't go, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like if you're just like, and you hold the frame, it actually leads to more attraction happening anyways. And it's the same thing in business or anything where either you trust your gut instinct, you go for it and you were right or you were wrong. And it's not even wrong. It's like you either right or you learn. And so you, from that decision, you go, okay, what feedback can I gain here? And that still moves you ahead because you're developing your, you're honing your skills as an entrepreneur, you know? So that's a pretty good corollary there. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. When you, I remember when you said uh, just then uh, you either, you either, you either write or you learn. And I used to think, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's yeah. You know, it makes sense. It makes logical sense. But I feel like I've only really started to understand what that actually means now. Cause I've been experiencing it myself. So it's one of these sayings that are 100% true, like such a fundamental truth uh, that when you get it, you're like, oh my God, I finally get it. I've heard it so many years, but now I finally get it. So yeah, getting as much data as possible, as quickly as possible and, and really failing forward, one of the scariest things, but uh, so crucial to actually, yeah, making progress. And um, yeah, I'd love to know what are some other things that you see your clients uh, 
struggle with? Like, what are some patterns that you see? It's like one thing that I can think of is shiny object syndrome, which can also stem from not having visualized exactly what you want and then hopping from one opportunity to the next, which is a phase that I was in. Uh, yeah, even even like six months ago, where I was doubting things, where I was trying different things, um, and get, then getting back to uh, the thing that I wanted to do initially again, and, and rediscovering, you could say yeah, my, my purpose or my, 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 my previous path that I chose. So what are some other things that you see? Yeah, I'd say, uh, the biggest one, if we segue off of what we were just talking about is I think there's a direct correlation for me modeling and try to find a model of successful people is their ability to just, I don't want to say take big risks. That's too cliche. Their ability to just look like an idiot. And I think the people that are most willing to fail the people that are most there's a reason why if you look at successful people like you can just see even like again i'll just use dating examples from like the old days the guys who just did the most approaches ended up probably with the cutest girl or maybe they didn't have the best consistent game or ability to create attraction stuff like that they just took more swings and after a while you do that enough you're going to end up one of them's going to go well so not that it's a numbers game because you want to optimize but it's the same thing in business so i'm constantly trying for myself but also with clients to push them to make mistakes faster. Like you said, fail fast forward uh, to get more cavalier and just to get more like, not to the point where you're like flippantly just fucking up on purpose, but just constantly being like, okay, there's a learning lesson here and I just got to learn how to fail faster. And I I was literally talking to a client earlier today and I was relaying myself in the shower and I was just like, I was in the shower and somehow I was thinking about, I needed to make some updates for my website and I was remembering back to an old version of the website I had. I was like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I spent $30,000 because I had this designer full time because I thought I needed full time employees and he had nothing to do. So he was making the website when you hover over things, it turns into these little cool video game looking shit and stuff like that. I was like, I was such an idiot. And then all of a sudden like a flurry of 50 other horrible mistakes I made (laughs) over the last couple of years kicked in two. And then what was the next thing that popped in my head? Why, how can I do that even more? How can I do that even faster? Cause you just realize, like being an entrepreneur, it is just constantly trimming fat. It's constantly, you know, um, being a problem solver and the more you can lean into that. And then I'm like, how can I fail faster? It's like get five more people on the team, build out systems. So they're all failing. And now we're five Xing the failing and we're just getting to where we need to go that much faster. And so it's just constantly thinking like, how can I fail as fast as possible? How can I get feedback and learn from it and streamline it into a system to where there's a, there's a machine here and the machine is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And that is kind of, you know, it does factor into what you talked about, the shiny object syndrome, because then the question is, well, am I pivoting again? Am I just changing things because it was getting hard in that way? Or is this like the right direction that I need to move towards? And I mean, that's, that's a tough question because it's like, you know, I feel in a way ever since I left as a dating coach, even to now, I feel like I finally found my lane and it's been five to six years later. And I think it is just kind of, again, that the jackhammer with the brick wall sort of thing, where you always, you got to get clear on like, what's the success look like, you know, and maybe it's, you're not going to get there the way you ultimately expect, but just being like, I need to be, you know, one of my, uh, actually mutual, you know, uh, Mitch Miller. He's like, he's like, dude, you're like a pit bull and you just grab onto the leg and you're just like the leg. It's like this, the dude is success and you just grab on. Like I have no other options. So I'm going to do whatever it takes and I'm going to, you know, 
talk to people and squeeze as much value as I can and little tips and tricks from people and read as much as I can and put it out there and try it and fully commit to things. I would say probably the biggest, the shiny object thing, am I in the middle of a pivot? Whenever those doubts or questions kick in, the answer is how can I 100% to commit to something? And then that way, if it fails, you're going to fail faster if it's not the thing, but then you can also walk away and go, okay, that was not the thing. You know, and we've talked about that in some session stuff where it's just like, you know, how the way you're going to get, the way you're going to fail is living in the gray zone and just kind of stay in the dabbler and wondering what if, what would that be like? It's like, go out there and put on the event and, you know, fail in front of everyone. But at least then you can go, okay, it's not events or like go like start a coaching program. And then like you have a couple clients and you hate it. And then you're like, okay, well, it's not that, but you know that through, you know, real world feedback versus just armchair theorizing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something that I went through as well. And um, what do you think is of some of the indicators where you can distinguish whether that's a shiny object syndrome or whether that's actually a pivot that you should be making or that you should be trying out? Yeah, that's a million dollar question, right? If you could figure that out, it's like, there's the business model, right? I do believe it's at some point, the, the market to message fit just kicks in to where things get easy. And all of a sudden you're just like, holy shit. Like that's what happened. I feel for me, the way I found my lane really was I've never once, I guess here's me saying it a little bit of like, I've never talked about me doing copywriting projects or something like that. But it was just like once a quarter, every so often, somebody would be like, Hey, can you really help me with this? Like, it seems you're really doing well with this in your own company. I'd love to. I'm like, no. And I like pushed people away and they kept coming back. And then all of a sudden they made terms so good that I'm like, I have to do this. It's just like the, the pay is too good. So I do it and all of a sudden it happened enough times that all of a sudden the blinders, again, the subconscious sort of, it's like, dude, why don't you just do more of that? Like that's so much easier than what's going on over here. And I've seen that so many times with clients is all of a sudden they're just hitting the wall, hitting the wall and all of a sudden, whoa, what is that? Whoa, this thing's really easy and things are flowing really well. And I think that's kind of like a mixture of you've found your blue ocean and you found how your experience just kind of you just sit in a pocket really well. And maybe it's a mixture of you've developed some new skills and the market kind of opens up to something. But at some point, things just kind of like flow. And the biggest thing then is ride the wave and commit and fully, like right before this, I had a call with a client and he, uh, it's only, he's got under 10,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. And he's getting 15 to 20 applications a month for his coaching program. And I'm like, I've never seen this before, man. This is amazing. And he's, and I'm like, you have a window here. Like we need to hit this window hard because at some point somebody else is going to find out about this and they're going to jump in. So, but also commit to this. And he was like, he wanted to create a product or some other things. I'm like you have this coaching thing. People are applying in droves. Like let's ride this out. This thing's going great here, you know? So I think it's being smart enough to <clears throat> see when those opportunities kick in as being one piece of it. And then the other piece is kind of, whether it's the theme of our talk here today or, or whatever, is like just committing to the process and committing to just fully, again, the word is commitment, not sitting around thinking, like fully rubber meets the road, committing to each one of these things and go, is this it? Okay, no, that's not it. Is this it? No, that's not it. Is this it? And sooner or later, whoa, that one, people seem to like that. You know, like, like if you look at a guy like Ty Lopez, who I think has become a cartoon almost of everyone like kind of laughs when you say his name, 
But the one thing he did that no one else did is he had this video that goes viral and he was able to capitalize on it and become like one of the most known names in internet marketing for sure, maybe in the, the internet or something like that, you know? And so that's where the genius was of him taking it and going, let's spend a million dollars on Facebook or YouTube ads to kind of scale this brand versus other people. People have things go viral every day, but they don't take it and then kind of leverage it into building something with it. Yeah. Also, um, the previous success that, that you've had, I mean, that's also that something that you should always try to try to yeah recapitalize on. So, um, I know that's something that you did as well. Um, and, uh, Back to that analogy of like um, figuring out, okay, what do I actually like and finding your niche and finding the, 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 the right message market fit. Um, I like to think of it as um, going tunnel vision on something, but then also every once in a while actually looking out of the tunnel and seeing, okay, where I'm actually going, still being open-minded to see are there some other things that I actually enjoy doing? Because for example, a friend of mine, he was starting this Airbnb thing and he, you know, he'd been doing that for someone else and then he wanted to start his own thing. And then he went traveling and he started uh, taking some videos and then all of a sudden he realized he loves that. And now he's like a full-time videographer. He's incredible at what he does and he, it's just a complete switch. So um, really having that open-mindedness and trying different things, um, I think is really important, especially when you're in your twenties, you're young. Uh, Cause I think finding your path, as soon as possible by getting as much feedback and data as possible, as quickly as possible might be one of the most important things that you can do in your twenties. Yeah, I definitely, it's interesting for myself, like looking at my past and just the mixture of even going to college and getting a graduate degree in microbiology and hating writing lab reports. But it, it was basically, I wrote, 30 page papers and shit like that and had to have perfect English because they'd be, you know, sourced in art articles and journals and all this sort of stuff and being like, okay, I'm completely throwing that away to go become an international dating coach. And so you'd think it was a complete shift in a total different direction. And then learning how to build a brand with that and stuff like that. And even before that, like I quit school for a little bit to play in a band. And so I'm, I'm playing keyboards and what I realized after the fact is I got the writing from school. Uh, I learned how to promote myself through playing in a band. And then all of a sudden it totally f like the fruits of all that became all of a sudden I'm this dating coach and I'm, I'm doing YouTube, which from the promotion I learned as a, in a band did that. And I also was writing in a blog back when blogs were cool and it was literally straight up. I'm basically a social scientist and learning that. But then all of a sudden if I keep moving to today, from the life coaching into more like strategic marketing advisor and stuff like that and copywriting. The reason I'm able to write such great copy is because of the writing I did as a scientist back in college. And the reason I'm able to work, I mostly work with YouTubers is because I used to be a full-time YouTuber and all of a sudden, you know, the persuasion and the influence from being a life coach and how that applies. I'm like, Whoa, this is literally, there's no way in hell I could have ever planned to be the special unique snowflake I am today. But the thing is, is all these things literally combined to where I can really be a, a very successful and like offer a shitload of value to the clients that fit my niche perfectly. And so I totally agree with, like you said, your twenties are just like find a path to mastery and a couple different things, go off and like fuck shit up, go travel the world, do some, especially also cause in your twenties, you don't have a lot of responsibilities like uh, kids and, 
a wife and stuff. And I've seen guys do this too late where, yeah, you should be in your twenties and go, you know, do stupid shit where you probably could go to jail for what you did. Or, you know, I think for myself getting, you know, stuck in the King's palace in Norway and having to get escorted out by like military people at the edge of bayonets and stuff for running from feral dogs in Kiev, Ukraine before like the, uh, you know, the takeover and stuff like that and having police officers chase me down and shit. But it's like, thank God I got that out of my system in my twenties versus if I'm 37 now and all of a sudden I'm going to go find myself in Kiev and then, you know, the business falls apart and I have employees and a girlfriend who are all pissed off and sad because I've ruined things, you know? So yeah, hundred percent. Your twenties are just go find yourself and almost don't even really care where you end up because those experiences are going to lead to you be very unique and special in your thirties. Yeah. It kind of remind, reminded me of the saying, uh, I think Steve Jobs said it, uh, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You just have to hope that they align. That's definitely something that happened with you with all the different experiences that you have had in your life, the skills that you've built. And now you're in this unique position to serve this particular client, this particular niche. And um, yeah, just like you said, it's probably just about, hoping they align somehow and just, just fucking shit up. So um, what, what's some other advice that, that you would give a guy in their twenties? Or if you spoke to your, to yourself when you were in your twenties, your early twenties, maybe you're 21, what would you tell yourself? I think the biggest thing is just take bigger risks. And, and really, even though looking back, I kind of did an accident. I mean, I came from a very, a ba- my background is, all about stability and security. You know, my parents were high school sweethearts. They've been together forever, which was amazing for my childhood. I mean, and they went to the same high school that I did, which is a small little town. And so my whole life was just this little bubble of, it was a bubble and that was safe in this little bubble. And maybe, Hey, that's me reacting against that into who I became where I am traveling the world and doing the exact opposite in certain ways. Um, And I've kind of been self-aware to think of like, okay, at least make sure that I'm aware of that versus just doing it reactively. But still there were so many times that whether it was a girl that I should have talked to, whether it was a trip that I should have taken or whether it was a business to start or partnership or something like that, or like even leaving, I wish I would have left earlier. And just all the decisions looking back, it was just like take even bigger risks, but also, yeah, just like embrace the process and enjoy the journey. Because I think like, like we've mentioned a few times in your 20s, I think especially in the social media age, you know, I was still, I was living, I wish I had social media back then because my life was epic. Like I would have had a Dan Bilzerian level Instagram at the time. Although I'm good that that shit is not documented as well. But uh, nowadays things are just so crazy because it's not even you're just comparing yourself to like the, the most successful person in your high school. Literally, you are on the same wavelength as Justin Timberlake or something like that. And you're like, oh man, he's got all these people in the audience. He's got new MJ sneakers on every day. I don't. And he's got three cars and five houses. And because you're like, he has an Instagram account and I have an Instagram account. Like maybe consciously you're like, well, he's different. He's famous. But that's become the keeping up the Joneses is literally like globally keeping up with the Joneses. And so I think it makes everyone have a higher level of anxiety. And I think it's just more, it's more sort of obvious. I think in people in their twenties. Cause that's when you're trying to find yourself. But I, you know, I just saw another thing today of like, it was Selena Gomez, who's the number three total Instagram followers, yet she doesn't have Instagram on her phone. I think that's very indicative of where things are going, where 
you just got to remove some of these things from your life because even if it's part of your business, like for me, it's part of my, I don't ever go on Facebook, but it's a big part of my business. I have the messenger for my clients, but the newsfeed, just every time I look at it, I get agitated because I see other people in my industry. I'm like, oh man, they're putting more shit out than I am. And it's just like, I don't, that feeling doesn't serve me. So I want to make sure I'm serving my clients as best I can, being up to date on current trends and stuff like that, but also really limiting those things. Um, so I guess those would be the big things. If, if I was me today, I'd be like, get the fuck off social media um, or make sure your VA and whatever create a strategy and have somebody else take care of it for you. And then secondly, I would say take bigger risks, fuck shit up even more than I did. And the third one would probably be the other theme of the, the talk is like the self-trust of just being like, as long as you keep working hard, take a breath every so often and make sure you're on the right path. Like you'll get to wherever you want. Everything is a skill set. No one's cut from a different cloth and you can get there if you just keep at it, you know? And again, who cares if it takes 10 years or 50 years, we're all going to live to be 150 or be jettisoned into AI or something like that. So as long as you don't die in the meantime, just, just keep at it, you know? So that's beautiful. I think that really sums up the chat that we had. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, man. For sure. Thanks for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Wade and uh, hopefully you saw some of the behind the scenes stuff as well of, yeah, basically not everything is a straight line. Actually, nothing is really a straight line and ending one chapter in your life and starting a new one is definitely a messy thing that transforms over time and it's not this thing where you decide that's what it's going to be and that's exactly what it's going to be. So it's still going to transition and it's going to change and it's going to evolve over time. And yeah, the importance of sticking to it, but also knowing when to pivot. So um, I hope you got a lot out of it. And if you want to see some more stuff from Wade, what you can do is you can follow him on Instagram at wadealters.com. That's his website, actually. So his Instagram is at wadealters and his website is wadealters.com. Very nice and simple. And uh, he also has a podcast, The Wade Alters Show. So just type in Wade Alters, you'll find his show. We've already made some plans uh, to have me on there as well at some point. And um, yeah, follow him. Cool dude. And uh, if you want to leave a review for us as well, for me, then do that, please. I would really love that. I would really appreciate that. Uh, Just write a quick review on iTunes. And um, yeah, until then, see you in the next episode.